Hi, and welcome to today's meeting of Book Hoarders Anonymous. Let's all begin by introducing ourselves. Hi, I'm Shannon, and I'm a book hoarder. Hi, Hi Shannon. Hi, I'm Aaron, and I'm a book hoarder. Hi, Hi Aaron. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Book Hoarders Anonymous. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Aaron, And I'm Shannon. And we read a, well, to me, it was fabulous, book, which we will discuss a little bit later um, as our month's homework. Uh, and then, um, of course, we're going to talk about what we read and news. And I need to check and see if there's listener mail, because I didn't do that. Tisk well, tisk. Um, so I had a pretty good reading month. Um, I haven't been reading anything terribly deep. Um, I I keep thinking that that should change, and maybe it will, because <laughs> um, we've assigned ourselves homework for the next two book quarters. <laughs> um, yeah, how do you pluralize this book quarters? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, is, it, is it just book quarters with like an apostrophe? I don't know. Hmm. If um, any of you grammar people want to chime in and yes, tell us yes. how we would pluralize book hoarders, the podcast, let me know. Let us know. Yes. So, but we have we have homework for the next two podcasts. There we go. <laughs> um, so I read uh, the highlights this month. I would say I read a book called Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. She wrote a really uh -huh. lovely book that I read a couple of years ago called Eleanor and Park, which was YA. And this is not YA. Well, it, it's kind of YA, but it's not like she. The main character is a kind of introverted, geeky girl who is a freshman in college, and she's one of a set of twins. And her twin sister kind of wants to, you know, party and and you know, do all that that party stuff. Party stuff. <laughs> And she's kind of, and that's kind of left Kath, who's our main character, sort of, like, in the lurch. And she's, like, because she's always been the one that kind of gets tagged along. And Kath is, her big thing is that she writes fan fiction for um, characters that are basically Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy, although they're not called that. Right. Um, and so it's all about how, like, you know, a coming-of-age thing where she, she kind of comes into herself and, and learns um, kind of who she is. And there's a nice romance, the, the guy that she's that she's interested in is just super sweet. Aww. And um, the and the fanfic parts were really fun. It was like she she interspersed the story with um, little bits of, of like from the quote unquote published books. Um, and then also from, from Kath's fanfic uh -huh. and like, it's, is she like, it was really amazing to me because like the, the published books definitely had a different style than the fanfic did, which mm -hmm. was different from the, the book itself. So it was, I really liked how she could like play in those three different, different styles and, and, um, it was very sweet. So fangirl, that's on Bard. Um, I read... I think the longest book I read recently, I, I bought this book from on the Kindle for like four ninety nine, and it was called um, Angel of Redemption. 
And the author is J.A. Little. And I did not know at the time that it was, um, it had, it had begun life as a Twilight fan fiction. Huh. Okay. Um, and like, I feel about that. Like my, I know, I know people who are very purists about these things and think it's horrible that, that people are trying to make money off of their fanfic, um, you know, see 50 shades of gray, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but my thought is that if I can't tell, um, then I'm okay with it. Like I, I tried for a while, like I learned like before I even started reading it, that it was, that it was Twilight fanfic and, Uh and I was like, okay, well, if I, well, no, I hadn't started reading it. I had, I had, I, I had started reading it. I just read not that much of it, and then I then I happened to see a link, and I was like, okay, so do I really want to keep going with this? And I did because to me, I'm I'm not super familiar with with Twilight, and I didn't feel like the characters were, you know, they they felt like their own people. So that uh-huh. di- so its origin didn't bother me, and it was the the characters were the heroine was a social worker, and she has these two boys that are that have been kind of troubling for her for a while because the older one is always constantly getting into trouble and you know keeps getting into fights, and so they keep she keeps having to put them in different foster homes. And, and the younger one is like super quiet and socially has anxiety. And finally, she ends up putting them at this group home that's run by, like, you know, that's kind of for, like, the last, it's sort of the last resort for young men uh-huh. of a certain age, you know. And and the boy, or the, the, the hero, is, like, one of the guys that works there. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I haven't seen that very much in, in romances in general. And so I thought that that made for a really neat premise, like... And I was a social work major in college, so it, uh-huh. it, that made me happy. And I felt like they were they were both fairly adult. They didn't feel like they there was not I, I think what I was afraid of with it being Twilight fan fiction that like the the conflict between the characters was going to be super dumb and immature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't. Like I mean huh. he messes up a few times, but Ultimately, I thought that he, he, like, that they they were both pretty, pretty mature. And it felt like she knew, like, the author came from a place where she she knew about what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing I would say is that it's a little long. I, it was about... um, three or four hundred pages shorter than, or longer longer than, than, it, than should I think it needed needed to be it was something like 1.4 like what i what i typically do um is i try to like for my own personal use convert it into um like a, a braille braille or a text file so i can i don't have to be reliant on the kindle app on my phone which i don't always like and this was right. like 1.4 megs when I did that. So. Wow, that's long. <laughs> it's a really long book. Um, <laughs> but it was it was very it was like I liked I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. and it was for 4.99 for that much story. I felt like that was not a bad deal. No, absolutely not. That's great. Um, and then let's see what else do I want to talk about? Um, Right now, I'm reading a book called The Magpie Lord by K.J. Charles. Again, um, it's a Kindle book. Um, it's 
a it's paranormal um historical romance and mm-hmm. the two leads are men one of them is like suddenly becomes um like a, a earl or something and the other guy is, is a ma- is a magician and um it's kind of like you know the his the the earl's family is like there there's something haunting him and the magician kind of has to fix it and there's like a lot of sexual tension and uh-huh. you know and it's very like it feels very grounded in his in history like it's not one of those books where it's like well you know hey you know in the regency period sodomy was was punishable by death so but that's okay we'll just won't tell anybody <laughs> like <laughs> like they really have to kind of you know um dance around the whole like their attraction mm-hmm. um because it's like there are repercussions right and I I really like that. I'm not that far into it. I'm maybe a third of the way through, but I'm really liking it so far. And let's see. I feel like I've I feel like I've read a bunch and I'm trying to think if there was anything else I really wanted to mention. Um I did read another audiobook called We Were Liars and this is another YA. Um the author is E Lockhart. And she writes very smart, thoughtful YA. And this one is like the the heroine has some memory issues, and she uh-huh. knows that something happened to her the summer that she was fifteen. And she's kind of spending this like latest, uh, or you know, the summer like two years later, trying to figure out what that was. Like she knows that she and and her cousins did did something together. And she can't really remember what what it was, right? And um, I I get a little anxious about unreliable narrators. I don't always like them. Um, this one worked for me because I didn't see at all what she did at the end, and it was not one of those things like in in some books where like the twist happens like around around halfway through, and you're like. I'm thinking about Gone Girl, where like you know, yeah. that twist happened, and then you you spent the whole rest of the book being like, "What?" Huh? And you couldn't believe anything. And, yeah. Um. But this was like, it was the the when the when when she when the twist happened, and I I figured out where what what she, I didn't figure out where she was going with it. And then it totally made sense. It wasn't the kind of thing where sometimes I read these books and they're like, "Oh, and by the way, yeah, she was secretly whatever." Um, and I and I I have to sit there and go, "Wait, like if I look back on that, that's that still makes no sense." But mm-hmm. you know, when this one happened, it was like, "Oh, that's why." Okay. And I kept trying to anticipate where it was going because, like, the one thing I'd heard about the book was that there was a twist ending, and I. I didn't see it at all, and I tried. Right. So we were liars by E. Lockhart. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, I had a a book that I read this past month that really did have a twist ending to it. Um, I kind of saw it coming, and the book gave me chills. Though it was really good uh, reading it. And I figured out where it was going to go. And I do have some problems with the book, but I really did enjoy it. It was called Ritual by William Heffernan. It was written in the 80s, and it's like a crime thriller novel. And so it's somewhat dated because it was written, you know, like a long time ago before the internet and before DNA and all that kind of stuff. 
um, basically, it's this guy who's a police officer, and he is trying to solve a crime, and it's like a serial killing, and they're killing these people, and they're setting up the crime scenes, whoever's doing it, setting up the crime scenes to look like an ancient Toltec ritual. Um, so he has to bring in this consultant from some university up there in New York. I don't remember which one. And uh, that's our, you know, our female heroine. So it's a romance between them. And in the midst of all this, he's trying to find his daughter who's been abducted for, well, not abducted. She's been missing. She and his uh, wife have been missing for like 15 years. And so he's trying to find them. And... It, it's it's really, I don't want to give anything away, because I feel like if I say too much about this book, you'll figure out who, who done it. Um, so I'm not going to say too much about the plot of it. But I will say that if you just kind of like suspend your <laughs> your logical faculties and not don't really think too hard about who could have done it and try to put the puzzle together, it's a really, really good book. But for me, I figured out who the villain was a long time before everyone else did. And they figured it out like towards the end. And I figured it out, you know, halfway through. Um, <laughs> I always hate that. <laughs> you know, but that said, I thought it was really chilling. And it, it was like, who's the villain? But then you wonder, well, what are his reasons for being the villain? So I was encouraged to read further because I was really confused about why he did it. He or she. I could say she. Um But it, it is a he. Uh, the killings are very grisly. So automatically I was thinking a he. Um, which is a little bit sexist, but that's just the way I, that's the way I was reading the book. Um, right. <laughs> so it was good. Um, I have to say it was a little formulaic and it was a little easy to figure out, but I think it was this author's first mystery, so we'll let it slide. Um, the second book that I read that I wanted to talk about um, was a nonfiction book. It was very short. It was called Pardon My Dust, I'm Remodeling. Um, and it's not about remodeling your house. It's about uh, building your character. Um, the woman who wrote it is a, a minister, and I guess she and her husband have a congregation. I felt a little bit preached at, but luckily it was really short. It was only about two or three hours, and it talked about um, being a person with integrity and what constitutes integrity and how uh, to live according to you know, I guess the sub-values involved in, in being a person who is, is filled with integrity. Um, and basically, you know, being being true to yourself uh, and authentic while still, you know, promoting all those good, positive values. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the book more for the title than for the content. I thought it had a really nice title. Um, and uh, it always makes me think of this really, really super old and very bad movie called Pardon My Dust, which was about uh, uh, one of the first ever car races. And they were racing these really old 1930s cars and they were just like real shoddy vehicles and they were racing them really fast and so they would all fall apart. It was intended to be a comedy. It really was a horrible movie. Um, And I saw it on a Sunday afternoon when I was really bored. Uh, So that's really an aside and that's why I picked it up. And it was kind of nice. It was, you know, if you like that self-help kind of thing, it was a very short, uh, sweet little book uh, for that purpose. I read... 
uh, I got into a Robert Silverberg phase this month, and of course when I read one of his books, then I end up reading another one, uh, right on top of it, because I just like him so much. Uh, the one that I will talk about is called The Longest Way Home by, well, I just said it, Robert Silverberg. <laughs> and it's one of those good like coming-of-age novels. I don't know that I would go so far as to say it's YA, but... It's about this kid named Joseph, and Joseph lives on this planet. Earth is long gone, uh, but, you know, a lot of people still have old Earth names, and they take pride in them. And Joseph, all of a sudden, finds himself, he's a member of the ruling class, and he's like, I don't know, 15 or something, and he finds himself in the middle of a rebellion, and he has to get home, and his home is like 15,000 miles away. And it seems like everyone in the ruling class who could possibly help him is dead, and all the other people have, you know, it's like this big uprising. And he has to navigate through it. Um, I thought it was really good. It um, Silverberg writes a lot of these, like, self-discovery kind of novels. But I haven't really found any of his novels that um, put a teenager front and center. And so that's why I hesitated to call it YA. Because I was kind of like, eh, well, I'm not really sure. But... Um, it was really good, and he has to rely on all these different people, people that he ordinarily would not rely on, and, and he has to rely on himself a good bit, and he, you know, starves in the wilderness and goes through all these harrowing adventures and learns a lot about himself and finds that the world isn't really, he's not really as happy with the way the world is as he thought he was. Um, and it was a just nice, short, very light um, sci-fi read, uh, Silverberg focuses more on the fiction in science fiction than the science in science fiction. So those of you who like all, you know, a lot of science-based fiction, he's not the author for you usually. But I did, I, I like a lot that focuses more on the fiction because I'm just not, I don't have a science background. So I thought it was, it was really good. The last one I wanted to talk about, it was called Wonders of the Invisible World by Christopher Barzak. Um, this was the first M.M. male-on-male romance that I have read. It wasn't really about the romance, though. It was more about the paranormal stuff that's going on. This was a young adult book. Um, this kid, Aiden, speaking of memory problems, can't really remember a lot of his life. It's like he's wandering around. He goes to school. He's an okay student. He's average he has friends, not a whole lot of friends. He just kind of like lays low and he can't figure out why he can't remember a, a whole bunch of his elementary and middle school years um, until one of his best friends comes back to town from having lived in another city. Um, and then this friend tells him, well, there's like this large part of your life that you can't remember, but I remember it and let me help you remember it. So between his best friend and his mother, he figures out why he can't remember a large part of his life. And he he's able to see spirits. But for some reason, he's been unable to do that for the past, I don't know, several years. And you find out why as the book goes on. Um, but his best friend and himself uh, enter into sort of a, a romantic relationship as the book goes on. And he's trying... Aiden, this, the main protagonist, is trying to figure out the truth about his family, because it's you know shrouded in mystery, sort of, and um, how to fix, because all these people close to him are dying or getting hurt or something, and he can't figure it out, so he has to figure out how to fix that. Um, 
His mother turns out to be a very central figure in the story, and she does some things that aren't really all that great in an effort to protect him and his brother. Uh, and they have to end up figuring out, you know, what she's done and convince her to stop doing whatever she's doing. Um, she's also able to see spirits and do other magical things. Um, despite the magic, it's a very sort of like run-of-the-mill everyday town that they live in. Um, and like they have to undo this curse on their family. And the curse, it's talked about as Aiden learns how to navigate the memories of people who have you know, who have been deceased, but are who, members, who are members of his family that have passed on. And it was very interesting to figure out, like, where the curse originated and what happened, and he figured out how to fix everything, um, and how to bring his mother back from the dead, which was, oh, that was sweet. Um, so it was like a nice, tidy, little happy ending, and, uh, you know, he and his best friend were able to continue on, I guess, with their romance, and I don't know if there's going to be a sequel or not, because um, it was just released last year, but... Um, like I said, it wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of romance in it. There was some, because he'd never been in a relationship with a guy before, so he, he was kind of like, you know, what the other, his best friend was taking the lead and everything. Uh, and there was a little bit of that sort of exploration, but most of it was about the curse and how to fix things that had gone wrong. Uh, and it was a really, it was a really nice, somewhat intense, but at the same time, not overly so, uh, and relatively short read. Again, that was the um, Wonders of the Invisible World by Christopher Barzak. And I'm not sure if he's got any other books out or not. That was the only one that he, I have found. He does, but I don't know that they're on... I mean, I don't think they're on Bard. Uh-huh. He he has great titles, though. I There's one he wrote a few years back called The Love We Share Without Knowing. Oh, wow. What and I nice have title. no idea what that's about, but I really <laughs> want to read it. Like, I want to give that book a chance for that title. And, and yeah. Wonders of the Invisible World caught me, too. It's on my wish list. Yeah, um, and I thought it was really good. And I was just searching things by the title, and I thought, oh, it's a science book. It's like about quantum physics or something. And then I read, you know, the little synopsis, and I thought, oh, well, not so much. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, uh, let's see. I guess we can talk about our news stories. We have a few separate things. Was there a listener mail? No, there was no listener mail, okay. regrettably. So, we can we can move on. Yeah, I, I okay. forgot to say. No listener mail. Um, uh, news stories. Let's see. Uh, Harper Lee has died uh, at the age of 89. Um, and, you know, just to report on that, she died earlier this month. And... Uh, I think it was kind of expected. Uh, yeah, people seem to be really mourning her quite like a lot, is. but um, and her hometown gave you and gave her a nice tribute, uh, etc. I will be putting a link in the show notes to somewhere where you can find an interview with Harper Lee um, that she did several, several, several years ago. Um, but it's rare, and there aren't many interviews, so I did manage to find one, and we'll put one in the show notes as well. So, um, apparently the Ferguson shooting, speaking of segregation, we really weren't, but I was thinking to kill a mockingbird. Uh, and, uh, the Ferguson shooting that happened in, uh, Missouri, um, sometime back, the public relations, um, there was a member of the public relations committee in Ferguson who was in charge of, uh, keeping relationships up between the black and white community. And apparently he feels like he, 
was misunderstood and misheard and misquoted. So he's writing a memoir. Uh, so Devin James is writing a memoir about his experiences in Ferguson and why the city did what they did. Um, any of you interested in that? I think it comes out later this year. Uh, yeah, and speaking of books that were written in 2015 and 2016, the oddest book title of 2015, there's an award for this every year. And this year, the winner is Transvestite Vampire Nuns from Outer Space. Sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, other candidates, I mean, sorry, other winners have included things like Soviet bus stops, uh, naked Nazis, and my personal favorite... Hi, and welcome to today's meeting of Book Hoarders Anonymous. Let's all begin by introducing ourselves. Hi, I'm Shannon, and I'm a book hoarder. Hi, Hi I'm Shannon. Shannon. Hi, I'm Aaron, and I'm a book hoarder. Hi, Hi Aaron. Read from Behind, A Cultural History of the Anus. That makes me think of, I, I didn't put it in the show notes, but I saw, I, I had clicked on a random article on Twitter where somebody had reviewed um, the <laughs> work of, of erotica writer Chuck Tingle. Tingle? <laughs> yes. He, he, has written, he has written many things, many books, um, like... Including, uh, the, like, I think that maybe one of the work safe ones that he's written is something called Space Raptor Butt Invasion. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I believe that this that this book that they reviewed was something called it was it was a like sort of a meta commentary about how Leonardo DiCaprio uh, keeps getting snubbed at the Oscars. So he's written a book called Pounded in the Butt by my my. <laughs> Um, movie award or something like oh that. And like the this review I read on like some inter internet internet site actually took it kind of seriously, oh, and <laughs> it was so yes. Awesome titles are awesome. Yeah, um, they are. <laughs> oh, and you so know, we should move swiftly. Along. We should move swiftly along. And and why would you not want to read when there are so much so mu there is so much awesomeness out there. Um, <laughs> there, there's an article here that talks about reading in general, mostly focusing on teenagers and why they do not read serious literature anymore. And basically it comes to the conclusion that, yes, it's somewhat due to technology, but also due to the trend in books that are being published. Most of them are light or stupid or funny or have no... Uh, social redeeming value whatsoever. At least that's what I took away from this article. Uh, when you should really be focusing on, you know, and, and authors really should be writing things that are more, hmm, I don't know, intense and thought-provoking because that helps people, you know, uh, learn how to judge, uh, form analytical skills, and form empathy. And while I think there's some truth to that, it's kind of like, well, but we need a little bit of lightness and playfulness in our lives. And my thing is that, that like, I would like to know how how 
extensively that author tried to find books that were that like you know that that are serious literature uh-huh. like i would say that that um there's plenty of ya out there that is not fluffy i agree um, there's there's plenty of it i feel like i'm not nearly i mean if i can find it yeah and i'm not a journalist and I don't have to, and, and I can even like find it by going on Bart. I don't even have to go like. I don't know, have to go to Amazon, and I don't right, have to troll like, Audible. You know. Yeah, I can if I can find it without without too much difficulty. Then then they should. I I like all these pieces like that just make me think that like it's so much people yelling at clouds about about teenagers and like they were doing it 30 years ago they're going to do it 30 years from now i know <laughs> yeah and and i feel like this was a dig not only at teenagers but like at adults in general for for not reading or not reading enough or reading too much fluff and i'm kind of like what is fluff that is uh you know that's an individual preference it, it is and, and and you know it's not like there's more fluff out there than there used to be because you know in the in the teens and 20s of the the 19 teens and 20s there was all this pulp fiction there were oh, all yeah. these magazines that i mean you know basically published always- trash and some of that trash turned out to be really famous take tarzan and uh the the Martian, not the Martian Chronicles, but the the Barsoom Chronicles, Edgar Rice right. Burroughs books that turned out to have like movies based on them, and and then others that turned into comic strips that became really famous, um, and TV shows. So you never know what's going to happen to the supposed fluff that people read, and it's not new, and it will never, it, and it won't stop. Yeah, they're they're. Yeah, it, there may be more like more of it in quantity, I think, because of technology. But yeah, possibly, yeah, I think, like, and the ease of self-publishing, it's now easier. Yeah, but it's not, and you know, and the other thing that I think of is that, like, I, I know for myself that, you know, I if if anybody tells me that I should be reading something because it's going to like it will be improving like that's not the way to get me to I'm not going to read something if, if people say this is going to improve your character you should read no. it that's not the way to get you to read a book it, it just I, it and isn't. I can find plenty of empathy in in the fluff that I read thank you I can too so ha <laughs> um that we ended up talking about that way longer than I thought we would but that's okay <laughs> Um, the last story was a very heartwarming uh, piece. The last story that I had, uh, the Cherryfield Library um, was thrilled. Director was uh, Cherryfield Library director was thrilled with a recent uh, book donation. The Cherryfield, and I'm not sure where Cherryfield is because the article didn't say, but it's in a state close to New England, I think. And um, the Cherryfield Library has a book budget of zero little bitty town not a whole lot libraries there and they have like the technology classes and they have story time but when they want new books they have to depend on state interlibrary loans or donations to get their books um the librarians well i'm sorry there's an author in new england who was giving away an american girl doll they're very expensive dolls and not a lot of people can afford them um but they're, they're out there. It's a thing. I have heard of them before. She gives yes. one away every year. 
And uh, the library that she gives the doll to gets um, book donations as well. So the Cherryfield Library director sort of like was on her, I think it was the director, was on her iPad and entered the contest and won one of these dolls. And they received, um, they thought they were only going to get, you know, a couple of boxes of books. And they ended up getting carloads worth of books because she had put on Facebook that their budget was zero. And so they got donations out the wazoo, uh, which will help them out tremendously. Yes, that's uh, wonderful. That is wonderful. And we think of libraries like, who goes to the library anymore? Um, But I know that libraries are not just places where books are stored. They are actually community centers that offer more than just a place to check out a book. They offer story time for children. They offer uh, classes in computers and other technology for anybody who wants to take them. Uh, and they offer all sorts of other things. It depends on the library. But they're, they're almost more like gathering places now than they are about places to go and read. I mean, it's obviously Although that, too. there is too. plenty of reading to be done. Oh, I, absolutely. I, since I work in a library. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We certainly get there's, out enough books. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of reading to be done, but I'm just saying, you know, they're kind of morphing into this new thing, and I think people should take advantage of all the things that libraries yes. offer and not just focus Very on the exciting. one thing that they still offer and used to only offer. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, my brain is kind of filled with sinus, so I'm not making too much sense today, but um, moving on. Why don't you introduce the book? Because oh, yeah, you we talk it. about the Rosie Project. Oh, um, this is by Graham Simpson. Um, I liked it a lot. Oh, I did too. Uh, it, it was the story of um, Don Tillman. He's a geneticist, and he's decided he he's a bit of a nerd, like a lot of a nerd. <laughs> he's like Sheldon. <laughs> if any of you watch the Bing Bang like Theory, Sheldon. I felt like I was reading about Sheldon. <laughs> and very but very charming like he, oh yeah absolutely I, I i think i thought he was he was very charming and so he decides that he's going to um come up with a questionnaire and and when he when he fills it when people fill it out like you know he will use the statistical data and find himself a wife and that <laughs> works that works doesn't doesn't work too well and then he meets rosie and she is just absolutely not anything he wants she's um, you know, he's very tidy and, and, you know, always on time and she is just constantly late and a bit scatterbrained and, um, she smokes, she smokes <laughs> and drinks and, and he's, and he's just like, he's fascinated by her and, um, it ends up like, you know, trying to help her find out who her father was. Um, which which is sort of like one of those things where he thinks that that's actually what he's doing when he's really just wants to spend more, more time, time with her. her. Um, and it was it was just like very delightful. My I my book club read this, um, so I get to talk about it twice. And the book club liked it. I liked it. I I thought that they were both like Rosie and Dawn were such great characters. Um, and it was definitely, like, not, it, I, I suppose that, that the, the people in that one article would have thought that it was too fluffy, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought that he did a great job of developing not only Dawn and Rosie, but the other supporting characters. Claudian, you, what was his name? Eugene? Gene. 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 Oh, he was such a cad, to use the British term. Um, <laughs> yes. But, but he was sort of likable at the same time. And I thought that, that um, you know, even the supporting characters had nuances and layers to them. I thought that was really good. Um and they weren't just cut out, you know, paper cutouts, paper people. Um, the the book itself, I just it was it was excellent because, you know, obviously this guy has some kind of, I don't know if it's Asperger's or like autism. Yeah, it's sort of heavily implied. That yeah, it's Asperger's. it's it's heavily implied that he has Asperger's, but that you know he wasn't really diagnosed with it. But that's kind of how he is. But he's very charming, and I I felt like. You know, the author didn't focus so much on the fact that he has a disability, but that, you know, he's a member of society and how can he make himself fit, but at the same time continue to be himself? And can he, does he have to sacrifice any part of himself in order to, you know, um, be a companion, a permanent life companion to someone? And I thought that was excellent because it, it turns out he can still be himself, Um and still have Rosie as a companion, and it, it seems like, I mean, when when they, as they as you go through the book, they are um, helpmates to each other in a variety of different settings and uh, circumstances. Yes. They, they balance each other out. They very do. Well. They do. And so it's good that um, you know neither one of them it seemed like had to sacrifice a part of their identity to be with the other. And I thought that that was a very good lesson to put into a book of fluff. <laughs> right. So, now, the only thing that I that I have, and I don't really have an issue with the book itself, but I do like the one thing that I talked about my book talked about at my book club is that if this had been written by a woman, I don't know if we would be discussing it the same way. Like, I think we would have just called it a romance novel that was maybe exceptionally well-written, but we, it might have been, like, part of Shannon's monthly reads. <laughs> but it was written by a guy, and I sometimes feel like that lends it a little bit, like, at least for, for like, some people. I feel like it was very, very critically acclaimed mm -hmm. in a way that that if we if you'd had this exact same book written by a woman that I'm, I'm not sure it would be. Because? Um, I don't know. Like, because I, it's, I don't know. I, I, I think it's because like, you know, again, if it was written by a woman, we would have called it a romance novel. Mm hmm. I don't know. It was just like, it's something I, it's something I've been pondering since I read it. And it's not a criticism of like the book or of anybody discussing it. It's just like, Hmm, would we be having this conversation about the Rosie project by like, I don't know, Gramina Simsian. <laughs> well, I think it was, it, <clears throat> I think that, um, we we might not, because if it was written from the point of view of the of the woman, um, I think that it would have been a completely different book. Right. So, you know, I'm not sure. It just I guess it depends yeah. on, you know, it depends on the author. But I thought that, um, and it depends on how people 
you know, criticize the book. But um, I felt that, uh, you know, he, he did a good job with not making it so much about, um, I guess, I mean, I guess there were some gender issues, but I felt like he, he was looking more for a partner than for a, you know, like right. really hot, sexy woman. Right. <laughs> that wasn't what he was focused on. And I thought that was really refreshing. And, and, you know, I do have to say that, like, having said that, that um, I wrote that on Twitter and Graham Simpson replied back and he was like, that's a good thought. And then he promptly recommended, like, a couple of books by, really? <laughs> by, by women that deal with those same issues. Wow, I'd love to read them. Well, the one I re- the one he mentioned was called Addition, like mm-hmm. A-D-D-I-T-I-O. Oh, I've read that book. It's really, really fascinating. Do you think it was any, like, do you think it was similar to? It was, but I thought, wow, I thought it was wonderful. I almost recommended that we read it, and I didn't recommend it. Um, I think because we had read a romance. This was back when we read, um, oh, God, that Sarah Addison Allen one about oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the woman who came out of the river and was in that woman's closet yeah yeah <laughs> um and uh, it was about when we read it was when we read that and i didn't figure it would be good to for us to read another romance but i almost recommended it it is fascinating and it is by an australian author it's about a woman with ocd and she has to f- she wants to find a a well, she doesn't start out wanting to find a love partner, but it kind of happens that she meets this guy in the grocery store, and he kind of has to learn to live with her OCD. Um, yes, yeah, so that does sound very, very similar. It was, um, and it was really, really well written, and I thought a very uh, thought-provoking book. And it was about the woman. The woman has the disability in this in right. this context. And uh, I really liked it a lot. I, I recommend it. Um, the Bard version is really good. It's read by Corey James, who, in my opinion, can read almost anything. Um, plus, she has the nice me. British accent. Plus, she has the nice That's British accent, help. which really helps. Really helps. And Graham Simpson likes it. So if you like this book, yeah, you hey, probably like that. <laughs> absolutely. So that's cool. You got a tweet back from the author. That's wonderful. I did. I, I think that that made, and I, like, it made me really respect him a lot for, for being willing to, to, to be like, yeah, and by the way, there's also this. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to read the sequel, which is called The Rosie Effect. Oh, yeah. I'm going to read that too. Rosie's pregnant. Oh my! Yes. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so um, that should bring a lot of havoc to their lives. Hopefully, it won't be too much havoc. Uh, but um, I, I'm going to read that at some point. Actually, I really want to reread Edition now that you mentioned it. <laughs> she has this thing with numbers. Numbers. Hence the title. Yeah, hence the title. So, um, anyway, uh, let's see. Let's talk about our next month's homework. Um, this is something that I picked. We are reading a really short book this month because next month, Shannon already has our book picked out. I do. And it's like really, really super long. It's really long. <laughs> so, this time we're going to read a book that spans, oh, I don't know, about 150 to 200 pages. Uh, it's about three and a half hours of audio. It is called American Housewives by Helen Ellis. And it is a book of short stories that apparently feature the darker side of domesticity. Hmm. All right. <laughs> um, and, and then I'll tell you now that in April, 
we we will be reading A Little Life by Hanya Yanagahara. Um, I'm I'm sure that we can put like a link to that in the oh, show Oh, sure, absolutely. You so you can spell that. <laughs> um, and it's about four friends who who I think like might have been college college friends, and then kind of about their lives. Um, kind of after college and it's very very dark and apparently very depressing and it will make you cry but every everybody that which is which does not sound like a shannon book but everybody that i've i've ever heard talk about this book says that it's wonderful and mm-hmm. i wanted wanted somebody to make me read it okay <laughs> so we're, gonna do, so we're gonna do it on the podcast there we go um and let's see but first but next month is is um the uh, the Housewives book. Housewives book. American Housewives by American Helen Housewives. Ellis. And uh, hopefully we'll all enjoy that. Um, I think that the stories are supposed to be dark, but I think some of them are supposed to be dark and funny at the same time. So hopefully we're not going to read two dark books in a row. Um, <laughs> yes. Now that said, I have no idea because I haven't actually read it. It just popped out. At, you yes. Know. <laughs> and we haven't read a book of short stories in a long time. So... Um, that's yeah, the last so one hence we did I picked was it. Mystery stories. So yeah, yeah this will be this will be more, hmm, um, more varied. I think. So anyway, uh, with that said, happy reading, everyone. We are going to give you our contact details, of course, before we sign off. Uh, you can contact me at Aaron Edgar on Twitter, um, and Shannon at Bardsong on Twitter. And you can send us some email. We love listener love, mail. Love, love, love it. Um, it's uh, bhapodcast at gmail.com and you can find our website at bhapodcast.com or we are book hoarders on the Twitters. Yeah, and let us know how we pluralize book hoarders is. <laughs> <laughs> book hoarders anonymous is. We should be like Gollum and just do double plurals and that would be, you know, that would be it. Um In any event, uh, happy reading, as we said, and we will see you next time. All right. All righty. Bye. To contact the book hoarders, send email to bhapodcast at gmail.com. Follow book hoarders on Twitter. And visit the website at bhapodcast.com.